Welcome into another great edition of the Sports Show. Happy Friday! Happy Friday! If, if Andrew WK doesn't get you fired up for Friday, then I'm gonna do my best to pull you out of the rut that was this week. Actually, I didn't have that bad of a week. Hopefully, you didn't either. And if you did, thanks for tuning in. I'm gonna do my best to pull you out of it. I really am. So much going on. So much fun stuff. Well, I mean, all the way up to the last minute. We got a really cool announcement. We're going to talk all kinds of fun stuff today. Obviously, yes, we're going to start with all the NFL free agent. God, there are pieces everywhere. It's it's like taking a bucket of Legos and throwing them across the floor. Everybody has a new home. It seems like. Uh, like I said, we'll start with the NFL, but uh, there, there's a cool Major League Baseball notes. Uh, Cool college stuff I got to talk about. We're going to talk rugby ATL. Man, there's just so much going on right now in the city of Atlanta. And everybody thought it was a downtime. Nope, it is not. I mean, we're talking last second notes where, where I'm... We're going over stuff right now as this show is starting. But, um, but uh, yeah, just, just there, there seriously is just so much going on. Like I said, City of Atlanta, booming, wide open. Wide open. I had to get the Sherlock reference out of the way. There was a there was a group chat among everybody here. Uh, late late information they were trying to get into the show. Trust me, it made it in. Uh, let's let's talk about some of this because there seriously is. I mean, up until just a few minutes ago, there were still free agents going everywhere, and I'm gonna try to get to as many as I can. Uh, let's let's start with the ones that just came in recently. Uh, Philip Lindsay goes from being franchise tagged in Denver. They pull that back. Denver never has realized the the gem they have in him, and it's they deserve every bit of bad crap and juju they get for that. And speaking of juju, we'll get to that in a minute too. But the Texans, who have, have been on a signing spree, I got to give Seattle credit, and I got to give. I got to give Houston credit. They are doing everything in the world to keep their disgruntled their disgruntled quarterbacks from leaving. They're they're doing they're doing a good job. They're doing everything they can outside of actually trading them because they don't want to. They're not dumb. 
But the Texans signed Philip Lindsay to a one-year, $3.25 million deal. It includes a million-dollar guarantee. That was per Schefter. When he says per a source, it's a good one. Uh, so, so keep this in mind. The Texans' backfield is now Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Dontrell Hillard, and Buddy Howell. Who has a better tandem than that? I, I can't think of it. If if they're if their offensive line is even halfway decent, I mean, they're going to rush for 150 yards a game. Easy. But uh, good for Philip Lindsay. He's, uh, he's a good fantasy pickup. I like to use him a lot because most people, in it, uh, most people just don't see his value like Chris Carson. Speaking of Chris Carson, he re-signed with the Seahawks earlier Today, uh, had that one pulled up. Not sure what happened to it. There it is. Chris Carson re-signs with the Seahawks on a three-year, $24.625 million deal that actually voids after two. This is how most NFL deals work. If they are multi-year, usually the second year is an option or a void or something like that. It's, it's so they can push cap numbers down the road and things like that. But uh, Chris Carson... He finds or he stayed in Seattle. Uh, was there anybody else on the ones that I did not get to? Oh, Juju Smith Schuster. He goes back to the Steelers. I think he took a little less money, but he wanted to stay in a familiar place because yeah, you could take more money to go somewhere else, but you know what you are with the Steelers, and hopefully you know that you are at a number two Juju. Because uh, you're not a number one. You're great, too. You're one of the best twos in the league. And you need to stay that way. But he stays with the Steelers. Um, I think that is pretty much the ones that I didn't have written down to this point. So now, let's talk about the ones that did have wrote down. Um... You got Kyle Rudolph, used to be uh, tight end for Minnesota. He is now with the New York Giants. Don't worry, you can always rewind this and, and re-listen to this show. There's going to be a lot coming up. Will Fuller, he's now a Miami Dolphin. He also can't play till week two. He has one game left of the six-game suspension from last season that he has not served. He has to sit out week one. Shouldn't be a problem. Jared Cook, the great tight end, is now a L.A. Charger. Yep. Justin Herbert in year number two gets another weapon up the middle. He, he might score 30 points a game. The Chargers could put up 30 points a game. That's it's insane. We got Chris Godwin. He signs his franchise tender for $15.9 million. Tampa Bay, they kept the band together. They... They did everything they can. Everybody reworked deals and, and did what they had to do so that the ones who needed to get paid did get paid and, and everybody else kept their money. It's I've never seen a group do that. The entire team basically worked together so that everybody got paid. It never happens. Uh, the Biscuit. Mitch Trubisky. He is, I think I'm the only one who calls him that. He is going to Buffalo. 
I suggested that the stadium sell Buffalo biscuits. Even though he's the backup, hey, the guy could catch on. Because you got to think, if something happens to Josh Allen or he needs to sit out of play, concussion protocol, anything like that, you need somebody who has decent feet and can make plays when the pocket breaks down. It's one of the few things Mitch Trubisky can do. Now, he, I think under different tutelage, you know, they've developed Josh Allen a good bit in Buffalo. Let's see what they can do with the biscuit. They may turn his career around. It'd be nice if they did. You want to see people succeed. I don't want to see people fail. Unless, of course, they're playing against my Cowboys. That is a whole different discussion. Uh, oh, now, now they want to put uh, Juju Smith-Schuster's thing. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's just about his cap stuff. Okay. Anyway, uh, but but uh, the Buffalo Biscuit, man, I, I, Bill's Mafia, get after that. Tailgate with those T-shirts. Heck, I might try to get one if you did. Uh, Patrick Peterson, he's going to go play one year with the Minnesota Vikings. That is $10 million. I'm pretty sure that is the veteran minimum. May not be, but there's a lot of those deals coming up. So that's the only reason I say that. Um, A.J. Green is now an Arizona Cardinal. This more than likely means Larry Fitzgerald is uh, either retiring or going to have to go elsewhere. It's kind of interesting. But uh, if he can stay healthy, Arizona has uh, has added some interesting pieces. And they, they've added the veteran leadership of J.J. Watt. Because, I mean, you have a quarterback in Kyler Murray. We know from his pre-draft stuff. We know from the Oakland A's talk and all stuff like that. He's not a very vocal guy. So if you have a quiet leader, then you need more vocal ones. So they go out and get J.J. Watt, who has no problem talking, especially to the media and things like that. They go get A.J. Green, that veteran presence. Watch out for Arizona, man. They, they uh, This is a GM and a coach who... Are not necessarily on the hot seat, but if they don't start putting up better results in the win column, I could I could see I could see a change coming at some point there. Uh, Trent Williams, the great offensive lineman, signed a six-year, $138 million contract to be a San Francisco 49er. On top of, they've already got Alex Mack out there. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's bringing in all of his offensive line horses, and he's got quite a stable going. We'll see what they do with Garoppolo, but I don't – it may not matter. It's – man, they, they're loaded out there at the offensive line position. Kenyon Drake, he signs a two-year deal for the Las Vegas Raiders where he is going to get right at 11 – Anywhere between 11 to $14.5 million, 11 of it is guaranteed. There's a lot of incentive-related things on there and all that, but uh, you got to think Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs are the one-two workhorses in the backfield. Yikes. Uh, Andy Dalton, one year, $10 million. He's going to the Chicago Bears. Bears fans, think about it this way. Dalton does good things. Dalton can do some good things. He is probably a better option than Nick Foles, who is your other quarterback. He is uh, probably 
because of age, him and Trubisky may be in similar boats. But think about it this way too, Bears fans. If uh, if everything goes south in a hurry for this team, you're probably going to get a new GM. You'll finally get rid of Ryan Pace. Uh, Shaquille Griffin. I don't know who's more excited, the player or the fan base who got him. Shaquille Griffin signs a three-year, $44.5 million deal to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. He's already made it to the stadium. He's probably met half of Duval County by now because he's that friendly and so are they. But a big deal there for Shaquille Griffin. Definitely, definitely going to help the Jaguars. Ryan Fitzpatrick. One year, $10 million to be a part of the Washington football team. I like it. Taylor Henneke needs a little bit of help and development. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick is very good at doing that, and it's pretty much, I believe, he's going to be the starter going forward unless they draft one. Unless they draft another QB. But you let Fitzpatrick do his thing and mentor the young guy, and if he develops, great. If he doesn't, Fitzpatrick can uh, can uh, keep the ship afloat, and that that Washington team is is uh, pretty loaded too. Uh, Bud Dupree goes to Tennessee, leaves the Steelers for Tennessee. Tennessee loaded up on the offensive and defensive line. They've had some really good pickups. Jameis Winston is going to stay a New Orleans Saint. That is one year, twelve million dollars there. Got to think, they reworked Taysom Hill's contract to where he's making 12 or 13. Winston's making 12 or 13. That's still a little more than half what Drew Brees' contract would have been. Um, and also, they, they get another year to see if this 1-2 tandem works or to see if one or the other kind of outshines. And you, you uh, move the other one along. Or if neither one of them are the case. You move them both out. Gronk, he's going to stay in Tampa Bay one year, $10 million. That's what I'm saying. There's got to be like a minimum here, like a veteran minimum or something, because a lot of people are signing those. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe is going to be a Las Vegas Raider. Two years, $26 million for the big man. Nice. Matt Judon, Matthew Judon, four-year, $56 million, 32 of it guaranteed to be a New England Patriot. People keep saying, oh, they're, they're scared to be a Patriot. People don't want to be a Patriot. Uh, it's, it's tough there, and, and, and people don't want to go there. If people don't want to go there, then it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, seeing as how they've spent about $400 million in the last two days. Taysom Hill just told you restructured in New England, I mean New Orleans. Aaron Jones resigns four years, forty-eight million dollars. Thirteen of it is a signing bonus for the Green Bay Packers. The same thing. You got Aaron Rodgers. You've got a above-average offensive line. You know the system. You know the scheme. You got a better shot of winning games in Green Bay than you probably did most of the places that were offered new contracts. I think it's a good call. And then uh, Cam Newton re-signs one year. I, my guess is, I think, he can make up to about $14 million for New England, who may not be done at the quarterback position. We don't know what they could do. I think they're going to draft somebody. That's kind of what the experts have kind of said. 
I also trust my gut and think uh, Cam is the Fitzpatrick of this team. He's there until the next guy comes along. That's that's what I think is is what it's going to be. Uh, what else can we get into here? Uh, Patrick Chung has retired. You know, he opted out last year. Great player for the Patriots. Uh, he has called it a career. He had, he, who cares about if he's a Hall of Famer or something like that? No, he he played some incredible moments and incredible years with New England Patriots. He's one of the uh, leaders He's one of the leaders of the league. You know, people like the guy. So I am calling it a career. Hey, good for him. Also, Drew Brees has retired. I think we all knew that was going to happen. He played 20 years in the league. A lot of people don't didn't know he played that many. 20 years, 15 of which were with the New Orleans Saints, where he picked up his Super Bowl win. He, I think, leads in total yardage, touchdowns, and a bunch of other different categories that more than likely Brady is going to pass. And then other people like Justin Herbert could pass in 15 years from now anyway. But Drew Brees, it should be noted, you you got an undersized athlete who shines at Purdue. He's like a late first, early second round pick to the Chargers where he had uh, four and a half really good years until on a play everybody landed on his shoulder. He ended up having to have shoulder surgery. That's when they moved on to uh, Philip Rivers. And a lot of people remember a little bit of this story. This is what I know of this story. Dante Culpepper and Drew Brees were both free agents. And the two main teams that were looking for quarterbacks at the time were the New Orleans Saints and the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins were coached by Nick Saban. We all know Nick Saban. And an upstart former coordinator under Bill Parcells by the name of Sean Payton was the Saints' new coach. And he reached out to Drew Brees and he said, I think you should come here and be a saint. You should be a New Orleans saint. Um, I very much want you to be the starter for this team. I think if we work together, we can really make this thing work. And Drew said, well, I'm getting interest from you, and I'm getting interest from Miami. He goes to take a physical. He's got a bad shoulder. Culpepper's got a bad knee. The Miami, whoever, whether it was their people or not, the people who performed the physical, passed Dante Culpepper, said, he's good. They didn't like Drew Brees' shoulder. They said, don't take that chance. So Nick Saban and the organization took Dante Culpepper and signed him. And not long after, the knee really flared up. And Nick Saban went to LSU, then Alabama, and won a lot of national titles. And Miami is just now really starting to recover. On the flip side, Drew Brees, when he gets passed over for the Dolphins, goes to the Saints and becomes a face of the city. 
it's not just because he's the quarterback of the team. It's not just he's the quarterback of the team that won the Super Bowl. It's what he does in the community. Drew Brees and his family are, are very visible in the area. People see him out. They, uh, you got to think, after Hurricane Katrina, he was one of the first one boots on the ground, let's do something about this. So uh, he's going to be working with NBC. He's going to get a chance. You know, he had his kids, all four of his kids sitting on a couch who announced his who announced his retirement and said, yeah, he gets to spend more time with us, which I think is awesome. He will get to spend more time with them. He'll still do some work for NBC. He'll still be around the game. I could see him maybe being a coach down the road. I just think for now he's wanting to take a step back and not be as intense in every day, all day. So congratulations, Drew Brees. One of the best ever. And uh, he gave people like Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and other quote-unquote, short quarterbacks, a.k.a. six foot or shorter, um, a chance. Because he worked out, every every small quarterback gets compared to him, Johnny Manziel, Baker Mayfield, these smaller quarterbacks, they're given a chance. When years ago, when you even given a sniff. Congratulations to him on a big one. Uh, big, big, great career. Uh, let's see, I talked about that. I don't know much more about this than the fact that it is pretty much a done deal as part of the new agreement or bargaining agreement or something. Uh, 17 game season is more than likely going to start up starting next year. I don't know if they're going to do some weird requirement where you can only play in up to 16 of them. I think that would be kind of weird, but look for 17 games next year. It's, it's clearly going to happen. Uh, Brady and the Bucks, of course, did a four-year extension that can be voided after one. It basically just pushes the cap on down the road. It freed up all the money to pay all the people that they paid. And you got to look at the Brady effect because other teams around the league look at, oh, Brady, look how he restructures his contract. He, he protects the team. He helps. He does all this stuff here. It's made it to where other quarterbacks have, have had to redo deals and, and had to kind of answer for why they're not more like that. It's, uh, it's something we've all dealt with, but uh, Brady's just a different cat. Peyton always took the money. Good for him. I encourage anybody to take the money. Brady is married to a supermodel who has probably ten times the money he does if you totaled it up. So he said, I don't really need it. But I mean, in his contracts alone, he's made enough to more than sustain his life. So he, he took the uh, he takes the the road less traveled, the one where you free up cap for a team that could repeat as Super Bowl champion. Um, what else? Okay, nobody else wants to talk about this, so I'm just going to briefly mention it because we don't know much more than there was a press conference earlier today, but we don't know much more than what I'm going to say here. The NFL is currently reviewing all the cases against Deshaun Watson for misconduct during massages he was getting, apparently. I've heard everything from there are two or three cases to there could be as many as 20. We don't know yet. This lawyer has this big case against him, but also you, you got to kind of dig through the riffraff and if these if these women are victims, then absolutely you need to pursue it. If 
they're not victims and they are trying to and they are trying to uh, just get a quick payday, then that's a different story. We don't know yet. We don't know at all. Uh, like I said, I hope it uh, gets played out that that uh, if he did some of these things and he has to answer for for his actions. And this could really, really uh, mess up Houston's plans to either trade him or whatever they are planning on doing. I mean, they've traded with Cincinnati earlier for Ryan Finley, but I don't think that's for a starting job. So it just I don't understand why more people aren't talking about all these cases. All these uh it could be really big on Deshaun Watson. But uh it is what it is. Uh MLB, there's a couple things that I wanted to get into real quickly or just mention. Uh, the Braves are going to start the season with 33% capacity as far as attendance. I think that's, um, that's pretty much the baseline for the league. I think some other people may be a little more than that. But according to the state of Georgia and the Braves, they're going to start at 33%. I think it's good. It's it's a start. And then there are custom bats from Victus Sports, like Tatis Jr., uh, Bryce Harper, a lot of other people have these. These are custom bats. They either have their face or emblem. They have different things on them. Uh, they're, they're, they're all painted up and done up nice. It's really cool. If you get a chance to look up Victor Sports, look at some of the custom things they do. Uh, these bats are what I would do. I think it would be really cool if they did uh, like a home run derby or something and use these bats. I think that, that would be the time to do them. Or as exhibition bats in uh, batting practice, things like that. But they're super just wicked cool looking. Definitely go check those out. Uh, let's get into some news and notes from college football. The historically black college colleges and universities, HBCU Legacy Bowl. The NFL has partnered with, with uh, the HBCU and all to create the Legacy Bowl. It is going to be a postseason all-Star Game for the HBCU Colleges, Historically Black Colleges and Universities. You know, I uh, I told you guys about the Celebration Bowl that I went to a couple years ago that is the championship game for HBCUs. It is, man, it is, it is an unreal experience. It is uh, just so cool the way they, they, uh, they, uh, it really is a celebration. And it's, it's just a fantastic thing. If you get a chance to go to one of these, go to, go to them. But this is going to be the first Saturday after the after Super Bowl 56 at Tulane, which is Yulman Stadium. It's going to be down there. It's going to be really, really cool. And, uh, hey, if you're in the greater Tulane area, go check it out. I, I think this is the progress we needed to see. We need to make it a more even playing field. So that, I mean, this game here is so that a lot of these kids – We'll get equal looks by the NFL. It's hard to go see everybody. It really is. And so this way, the HBCUs have a place that their people can be showcased. And that is just awesome. Uh, Georgia State announced that their spring game will be Friday, April 16th. I believe they said 630. It is at Center Park Stadium, of course. As far as attendance... 
I don't know that yet. As soon as I know that, I will tell you guys. I know I am planning on being in attendance, but I also realize that it is a different kind of attending that I do. But uh, April 16th is when that is. Like I said, I believe it was at 6.30. That's going to be fun. On a Friday night, under the lights, it's going to be a good time. Uh, Kennesaw State Owls be there tomorrow. They're going to take on Dixie State tomorrow. It is their last non-conference game. Dixie State is actually, I believe, out of Utah. A lot of people think they're from around here. Somebody told me they're from Utah. Because what happened was after the Civil War, a lot of uh, Confederates went to Utah or Colorado, out that way. And so Dixie State was started. Seemed like a cool story. I hope it's true. It sounded cool. Uh, But Kennesaw got the win versus Charlton Southern last Saturday, 24-19. Charlton Southern almost come back on them. Uh which is crazy because the, the the best squad, the best group out there for Kennesaw this year for the Owls is by far their defense. They were causing chaos at the line. The linebackers were uh, putting on hits and, and disrupting passes. The corners and safeties were keeping everybody in check. It may just be they got worn out. Uh, the offense was having issues here or there. Uh, Tommy Bryant was was having a, a rough time trying to get established, and and they ended up. As I pull up my note from the game here, they end up uh, putting Jonathan Murphy in, and Jonathan Murphy, the left-handed slinger, they continued to try to uh, do their spread option that they do, kind of a version of the triple option, a hybrid version. And when Charleston Southern was putting a stop to it, well, there's a few times Jonathan Murphy, instead of handing the ball off, pulled it up and chucked some some, uh, really cool passes down the field. And showed that he's the slinger. Now, I've seen Tommy Bryant throw passes. He's a good passer, too, but... Jonathan Murphy, he was on last Saturday, and Coach said, he goes, no, they're both starters. They share time. They both know they're going to play. We don't have that issue. They compete with each other, but it's not like everywhere else. And I believe him. I believe him in that. He's not just saying that. But I do know that if, if Tommy is a little slow out of the gates again this time or trying to get things going, and uh, I do think Jonathan, they'll turn it over to Jonathan and, and see what he can do. Uh, you know, you want to win all the games. This is a non-conference game, so it's not that big a deal, but you want to keep the momentum going. And this offense has had issues. And like I said, the only time they really picked it up was when Jonathan Murphy was in. So we'll see what they do. Like I said, I will be at the game tomorrow. That is a 1 p.m. start out there at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. That is action at the fraction, as the gate, as the great John Freeman Nelson says. And uh, actually, right after that, I believe at seven is the next thing I want to talk about, and that, of course, is Rugby ATL opens their second season. Yeah, they started last year, but because of the pandemic, not a lot of people got to see them. 
So, Rugby Atlanta, Rugby ATL, they start tomorrow. They take on the Toronto Arrows. Like I said, I believe that is at 7 o'clock. Let me just go over some of the go, – go through some of the players – Okay, rugby. Let me. I explained this to somebody earlier because it's like I, I really don't know what this is about. It's okay. Rugby is kind of like this. You are trying to possess the ball, run the ball through a line of the other team. They're going to band up and try to tackle you, and and because uh, if they get you to the ground, then uh, somebody has to come behind you, grab the ball from you. You have to keep it moving, and the only way to move the ball forward outside of running it is to pitch it behind you to these sides, and that's why you see the lines going at each other that way there. And depending on where in the end zone uh, you touch down with the ball, now once you're tackled, you're, you're technically down. Now, if you can keep fighting forward, you can. You can try to push, and there are different ways that uh, if you if that you can push and you can't push, they do the scrums where you get uh, about four people per side that, that link, you know, arm in arm and, and push at each other and, things like that, you can, instead of trying to advance the ball by pitching it backwards, you can just uh, drop kick it forward and try to do the dump and chase like you may see in the NHL where you, you know, dump it forward, hope they fumble it or try to pin them deep, or if you're pinned deep, to get it out of the zone. And also what I was saying is where you, where you, where you touch down in the, it's not a touchdown, but where you touch the ball down in the end zone, actually matters a good bit and here's why it matters um if you do it between the uh goal posts which are in the middle then you get like a uh eight or like, like it's like a 10 yard kind of chip shot kick for the for the extra point if you do it anywhere else it's a longer kick and it's at the angle of where you touch down so it, it could be a lot harder kick so you, if it were me, I'd try to score in the middle all the time, but obviously the other team is not going to – they don't want you to score at all, but they definitely want you to score in the middle. So you usually have to catch one of the edges somewhere and then hit one of the impossible kicks. Uh, it's I have, I've never seen this live, and I've never seen this close and in person. I've always watched on TV. Uh, you know, like I said last week, I, I'm the one here at the stadium – I mean, at the uh, studio that when people come in, I've got rugby or curling or – uh, horse racing and, and all kinds of things like that. I'm always watching those things when when uh, the, sometimes when the bigger sports are on. But I'm always watching those kinds of things. Uh, I've always had a, a big interest in rugby. I'm glad that Rugby ATL is allowing me the opportunity to come down and cover the game. I'm truly looking forward to it. It's going to be a long day, obviously, covering two games in a day. But hey, look look for my videos. I'm not sure how I'm going to cover it during the game yet. Well, I'll kind of feel that out as I go. I may do little mini videos all the time. I don't know. We'll figure that out. But let me go over some of the names here so that maybe some of them will start to ring a bell for you. If you can catch this on TV or through a stream, or if you hear me babbling on about it, I like to know what I'm talking about. Let's start. There are forwards and there are backs. The way that it was kind of the best way for me to describe this to you Forwards are the ones who are more trying to push forward. You're more of your your offensive runners. You're going to have a lot more of them than you are backs. What the backs are, they're more like your line of defense. 
and I may have this totally backwards, but this this is I think what makes sense. So your backs are sometimes a back line. They can also eat, run forward stuff like that, I believe. But those are the ones that are that are the defensive stalwarts that are going to try to keep the other team from getting in the end zone. Let's start with the forwards, and I'm going to go through and list every one of them. You got Dwayne Ohalele. Ohalele. You got William Burke. Connor Cook. Not that Connor Cook. Jason Dam. Heard a lot of stuff about him. Like when, when, when I first started talking about potentially even going to see a game, let alone covering a game for Rugby ATL, somebody said Jason Dam is a good player. I look forward to seeing him. Uh, Ross Deacon, Needling Garrick, Amro Gouda, Matt Heaton, William Halu. And if I butcher some of these names, I am totally, totally sorry. Uh, Harry Higgins, Connor Keyes, Masao Karoy. Alex Mawen, Johan Momsen. This is like hockey to me. When you read these names, man, they have the coolest names. They really do. Jonas Petrokopopoulos. Or Petrokopopoulos. Petrokopoulos. My apologies. Marno Redelinges. Luke Slotman, Lincoln Sy, Damon Torres, Chance Wingaleski. Now to the backs. Remember, these are there are no goalies. There's nothing. These are they're you're more defensive minded. It is, I think the best way to put it. I could be wrong, but you got Kurt Coleman, you got Sean Coughlin. This is going to be a fan favorite. Harley Davison. Batista Escura, Rowan Gals, Eamon Matthews, Michael Matazaro, or Matarazzo, rather, Jeremy Misilegalu, Ryan Nell, Robert Petzer, Ryan Rees, John Scotty, Martini Talapusis, Talapusi, Talapusi, we're going to go with that one. Jalen Tatum, Duncan Van Schalkik, Xander Van Schalkik, I'm going to be willing to bet they're related. Rory Van Gut, or Van Butt. You got T. Rangataria, Watokia, and you get Austin White. Maybe one rung a bell. Maybe, maybe uh, one sounds uh, like your new fan favorite. That being said, coaching staff. Your defensive and forwards coach is Blake Bradford. You get Belenese Malifa. Is the skills and backs coach. 
Matt Dallo is the Director of Athlete Performance and your General Manager and Head Coach, unless I completely got it backwards. That's part of what the text chain was about a minute ago. We were arguing as to who, we, who was the head coach. Uh, your General Manager and Head Coach is Scott Lawrence. And they just, their color scheme and, and their logos and, and their apparel, it is just wicked sick, man. It is it is something else. But like I said, I've watched rugby for tons and tons of years. Tons and tons. I, I, I would say I've been watching rugby for 20 years. Like, seriously watching it as though, like, I actually understand what's going on. I would say that. How old am I? Yeah, about, about right. End of high school. Um, it's a fun sport. It's a brutal sport, man. You, you get dinged up. I've had friends who played in smaller leagues. I've talked to them about different things as well. They're looking forward to this season just as much as I am. And like I said, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, I believe, they play at Life University. That is Loophole Stadium. Did I get that right? What's the name of their stadium over there? They play at Lupo Field. Lupo Field at Life University. That's out in Marietta. That's going to be fun. Looks like I'm going to spend a lot of my day in Cobb County. Never a bad thing. Cobb County is a fantastic place. But if you hear the music, that means I am all out of time and all out of things to talk about for this week. Thanks for tuning in to the sports show. We'll come up with some clever name for it, as we usually do. I am Jeremy the Impact York. As always, if you see me at the Kennesaw game or at Rugby Atlanta tomorrow, find me, take a selfie, tag us on social media. We'll uh, we'll send some swag your way. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses.